I now live, I now live a fulfilled life. I don't believe I'm depressed, anxious, or suicidal. I said bad days. Don't get me wrong. Of course. But I'm not in that frame of mind anymore. It's very different. And if you were to ask me, Matt, would you go back and change anything? I would tell you no. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I would like to walk. That'd be great. And I know I will one day. But with the life I'm living, the fulfillment that I, I have, I wouldn't trade that for the world. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors. The same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, Mann's system is backfiring. We are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teacher's fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians, teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast, and today I'm joined by Matt Caruana. And before I talk about him, I wanted to give a quick life update. I'm currently working on a huge project for you guys, which I am so, so excited about and think will be a game changer um, for young people. I've also been working with a company called Empower You, which you may have heard me talk about quite a few times on this show. And I will talk more about that soon and how my Australian listeners can get involved, how you can come along, how you can meet me and meet other listeners of the show. Plus, my mate has been working on another incredible project, which I'm a part of, which is worldwide and will give any international listeners an opportunity to connect and learn as well. Shout out to my Norwegian listeners. I've had a lot of you guys reach out to me. Um, I love you all. So I have lots coming up. Make sure to follow me on Instagram if you want to stay updated. And I'm really, really excited about all of that. Now, this episode, I'm interviewing Matt Caruana. As you'll hear in this episode, at 16 years old, Matt attempted suicide. Two weeks later, he woke up from a coma to realize that he was still alive. Today, he speaks at schools to share his message and works with young people to help prevent anyone else going through what he did. So if you're sensitive to that kind of stuff, mental health and suicide, I wanted to pre-frame that before you listened. However, he doesn't go into too much detail um, with his experiences. In this episode, Matt shares his story, how he overcame his struggles. He talks about mental health and what he went through. We talk about self-awareness, the importance of a coach, and so much more. As per usual, please DM myself or Matt on Instagram if you enjoyed the episode. And I should mention, this episode was actually shot many months ago, but I somehow lost the audio file. I've spent hours trying to recover it, but it's gone. I left the episode for a while and I decided I would just share it using the audio captured from my camera. So while the audio isn't as good as my usual episodes, which I really pride myself in, you will get used to this audio within a few minutes. Apologies about that. I guess it was bound to happen with so many episodes I do. Now, over to Matt. Matt Car- Caruana. Yeah. Welcome so much to the show. It's awesome to be here. Dude, I'm really excited for this conversation. Obviously, we met like, two weeks ago now. Yeah. And I saw you speak just briefly for an online event, and it was really, really impressive. Your story kind of blew me away. And you work specifically with young people. Mm. So that's what end this podcast is all for young people. Um, so I'm really keen to hear what we're going to talk about. We're not even sure yet. We're just kind of going to go off the cuff. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, I'd love to hear your story. You know, why you do what you do, what do you do after high school, and what are you currently up to? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, think about my past, my history, it's very mental health focused. And so that'll actually explain why I do what I do. But, I mean, it started for me when I was 12 years old. And I'm a very curious person. I ask a lot of questions. But for some reason, when I was younger, I asked myself, well, what's the meaning of my life? Mm. Uh, like, what is all this? Mm. I used to hear everything happens for a reason. Everyone had a purpose. What was my purpose? 
I don't know how to answer that. So I asked myself another question. Well, if I was gone and dead, would anything actually change around here? Mm. And well, I didn't know how to answer that one either. I was, I was alive and, yeah, I don't know. Didn't really, it was a bit heavy for me. So I was like, all right, don't know how to answer that. So I asked myself a third question. Well, was I a valuable part of society? And that's when I had an answer. Right? I was 12 years old. I had no job. lived at home with my parents, which meant for me that I was just taking up space. So if I was gone and dead, nothing here would actually be different. Mm. There would be more space for someone who had more meaning and purpose in their life, which then ultimately meant for me that my life meant nothing. Mm. Now, I didn't like that. I did not like that. And I labeled myself as worthless. I really carried that a lot with me. I tried to dwell on it. I tried to change my answers to those questions, but I couldn't come up with anything different. I came up extremely depressed, um, just based on that label alone. At 12? At 12. Yeah. Didn't want to talk, tell anyone. Couldn't. Didn't know how to. No one in my family did. None of my mates did either. Everyone just said to themselves, crossed their arms, and everyone just gave them space. So I did the same thing. Now, not long after, about six months in, into, into these feelings, I started, I started, well, going to drugs. And this is not something I'm particularly proud of, but um, I was using it as, a, as an escape. Coping mechanism. Yeah. Mm. And I thought it was helping, thought it, thought it was working. And to sum up, a long story, at 16 years old, with those questions still with the same answer, I wanted to, f- quote unquote, fulfill those answers. And so I went and threw myself off a building to attempt suicide. Mm. Now, <laughs> I mean, I thought I was at rock bottom and now being brought like sort of beyond that with the same thoughts in my mind, feeling even more worthless because I had failed at the one thing that I wanted to do that yeah. really ate me up inside. I then had a, um, what's it called? Well, I went to the spinal ward upstairs after a month in ICU and it drove me nuts because everyone in there was a lot older than me. And they all asked the same question. Mm. What happened? People came to visit me. What happened? Even complete strangers in public that I'd never met all asking the same question. Wow, what happened? What mm. happened? Why are you in the wheelchair? And that drove me nuts. Because mm. I didn't like talking before my injury. Afterwards, nothing had changed. So it always said, you know, I had an accident or I had a fall. It's the most mm. I would ever say. Yeah. Until though, a week before I left hospital. Now, at the time, I was obsessed with piercings. Then ask why. I've got these two on my eyebrow. When, when my mum to Penrith and we got them done and I was actually happy when I got these done I, I, I gotta say and on the train ride back to the hospital this guy comes on the train and I never met him in my life but I'll never forget him he just walks on without even seeing the point sits down mate what did you do to yourself just mm. comes out of his mouth but I swear to you it was a mixture of how abrupt he was and how happy I was in that moment it just came out it's the first time I said oh, I attempted suicide Instead of saying I had a fall with an accident, yeah, just yeah. a complete random stranger. Yeah, yeah. so I attempted suicide, and he said that's pretty fucking stupid, wasn't it? Look at you, he's just laughing at me. Really? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to take it, so I laughed with him. But what I realised was was the next morning there was a sense of like a lightness and ease that I had never felt in as long as I could remember. Mm. And after the first time, I went and saw my social worker without her chasing me up. I shared with her, well, first of the piercings, what had happened, and all that jazz. And she said, Matt, just getting that off your chest, you mentioned you've been lying to people now for four months. Mm. Just getting that one thing off your chest made things lighter for you. What if you were to open up to the people close to you in life? Could you potentially strengthen the relationship you already have with them? Mm. I remember those words very vividly because they really stuck with me. Because I didn't like hearing that. Because I didn't like talking. But she made a good point with that guy on the train. 
And so after like pondering and just dwelling on that question for a few hours, I started talking to my girlfriend at the time. We became closer. So I talked to my friends. And a lot of my mates, we became closer. Some of them didn't want to deal with it, don't get me wrong, but I found out who my true friends were. Mm. And then my parents. They were the two people I swore were never going to know, but I, I spoke to them. Because we were so disconnected beforehand. But now things started to change. They were different. And it's like we were, how I say it, it's like we had a relationship now. And mm. it, it was a much better. Because of the accident? No, because we were, I was now authentic with them. Yeah. And that changed. Nothing to do with the accident. It was your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought they didn't care. I thought we would, that shut off, that it, it didn't matter at all. Mm. I didn't see it affecting them, but it really did. But where my life, I suppose, really took a turn for the good was when I found what I loved. I was offered an opportunity to sh- share my story, just about 30 or so, 30 or so people that were the same age as me at the time. I was 17. And I didn't, didn't like hearing that because I didn't like talking, but... My social worker said, Matt, what if you help someone? How would that feel? Mm. One person. Yeah. And that really stuck with me. Because before I said no, I had this feeling from my heart. And I said, Matt, what if you took a step? What if you help someone, Matt? How would that feel for you? If you, if you could you do that? Mm. And so I said yes. And the first time I shared, I was, <laughs> it was February 2017. I was shaking. I was scared. I was yeah, nervous as. But the students actually said it inspired them. Mm. They said it got a lot from it. It helped them. And so I just kept at it. All like anxieties and nervousness about of course. talking didn't matter. Yeah. I know I was able to help someone. And so I kept at it. I kept at it. Just to share my story at first. Kept at the program. Then eventually I was like, I want to go into schools myself. Then I was like, no, I want to go to conferences, universities, mm. corporates. I don't want to share my story. I want to start running workshops. I kept developing. I want to coach people one-on-one. And I found what I loved. And that was my mission, to instruct, inspire, influence, and impact people's frame of mind for them to improve their lives. But by doing that every day, or at least a stepping stone towards that, I was now living a fulfilled life. Mm. That's when those three questions became very different. And I now live live a fulfilled life. I don't believe I'm depressed, anxious, or suicidal. I said bad days, don't get me wrong. Of course. But I'm not in that frame of mind anymore. It's very different. And if you were to ask me, Matt, would you go back and change anything? I would tell you no. Mm. Because, yeah, I would like to walk. That'd be great. And I know I will one day. But with the life I'm living, the fulfillment that I, I have, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Yeah. And it's such a good point. Like, we call it the slingshot method. Have you heard about this? I've heard about this. Yeah. It's kind of like where if something bad happens to you, you can, you know, the same way you pull a slingshot all the way back, lots of, lots of energy... So you jumping off a cliff is lots of neg- negative energy stored back. Mm. But if you take it, you can flip it and slingshot it into positive. And that's what you've done. You've taken a negative mm. scenario and now you're in a better place than you ever would. And you wouldn't even, re- you wouldn't even take it back if you could because mm. you wouldn't be here without that. And same like this stuff in my life, this stuff in everyone's life where we can see that. And I think it's such, that's what shows someone with a positive mindset can kind of do. Mm. They can flip the negative stuff that happens with them. It might take years to do it. It probably took you months. You mentioned you were in a worse place when you survived. I think you're in a coma, weren't you? Yeah, I was in a coma for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I um the thing is flipping that energy from being so negative to a positive, it takes a, a like a level of perspective mm. that's not that, that's uncomfortable. Because we're now choosing to look at what we see as adversity and try to see the advantages of that. Mm. But that's kind of tricky. But this perspective that I learned from John D. Martini, I'm a big fan of him. 
it's about it's around the theory of equilibrium that everything has an equal amount of positives as it does negatives, benefits, drawbacks, good and bad, mm. everything. And when we're able to see that, we're able to fully appreciate and be grateful for whatever we have or whatever it is. And I was able to see the benefits and the positives that came out of my injury. I, I, I then became empowered because I started choosing my response and just react to what had happened. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, that's the difference between someone who I think can make it and who's not. Like, it's how they mm. react to scenarios. You know, stuff, as you mentioned, stuff is going to, you know, you have, ups and, you have days where ups and downs, you have maybe years where ups and downs. But I think there's every situation you can turn into positive, and you're such a great example. Like, are there any worse situations than attempting suicide? Like, that's the bottom. And you've flipped that into something positive, which is so, so amazing. And I can see why your story is, you know, being shared around all these schools. Um, and is that what you do at schools? You just share your story? Do you go into tactics, strategies, mindset stuff? Like, what are you teaching young people? Yeah, yeah. So I like to start my story because having my story there makes it okay to talk about these topics. If, 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 if you're going to be introduced to someone and start out cold and going mm. into the deep stuff, you're not going to get through. But if you can build rapport with them, for me to share my story mm. and it just makes it okay to talk about so I start with that but then I go into activities exercises reflective questions that we can go into I suppose to learn so uh, schools are in for different reasons but most of the time it's around mental health mm. and the people we surround ourselves with because they play a big role in how we think feel and act now like in my story I had friends who introduced me to drugs mm. and I I had many experiences with within that that supposed just to change my life. Viv, my ex-girlfriend, she got me out of drugs. The guy on the train, how that made me feel, the social mm-hmm. worker, yeah. what she taught me. My friends and mentors that happen to this day that brought me up to the men you see in front of you right now. These people have literally shaped my life. Mm. And had they not been there, my life would be very different. So if we're, able to, if we're able to be aware of the people in our life, how they're making us feel, right? What do we want to feel more of? Okay. Well, if others have the ability to influence us, then we have the ability to influence others, others as well. Mm. So how am I with other people? Am I supporting other people? Do I support other people? Mm. Then I, um, how do we support ourselves? People in our life, we're someone in our life. So we need to support ourselves. Because I can't fill your cup up unless mine is full first. Yes. It's the whole, you know, when you're on a plane, put your oxygen mask on yourself first and then put on your kids. Yes. If you pass out, there's then your kids are screwed anyway. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Put your own mask first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm big on that. So they're the things I like to, I, to um, what's it called, workshop within schools. I do go into some other things when asked to, like mindfulness. Yeah. I, I suppose in terms of mindset stuff, I can go a little bit deeper into the into the topics if the students are, I suppose, mature enough. Mm. I think it's so important that whole fit your own mask first thing because I feel like and especially Australia the tall poppy syndrome right mm. and very you know we don't want to be egotistical we don't want to make it look like me you know cocky or arrogant and we want to help people and so and we'll think how can I help someone well it's like you need to help yourself first mm. how are you going to be able to help someone if you're in a bad mental state if you're not able to do that you know it, it's really important that we look after ourselves and that's why I say like at schools you know there's such a mental it's such, the whole reason they're being around you said it's mental health stuff you talk about because mental health is a massive problem in schools. Mm. And it blows my mind how they prioritise marks 
and all these things, and they consider a successful school as a school that has high marks, regardless of their students' well-being. Yeah. A successful school with high marks, they could have, you know, half their kids are depressed, and they'll still say this is one of the best schools in Sydney or Australia. And I think we need to stop prioritising marks and that, you know, very, you know, numerical thing, and start mm. worrying about our students' well-being. And by actually, it's, the funny thing is, if we can improve the students' well-being, then the marks are going to rise. That's exactly right. It's, it, it, they go hand in hand. Yeah. And um, like I've spoken at selective schools where they, um, they're the students there that they're under incredible amounts of pressure. Oh my god! From as young as year seven. Yeah. And, and they are they're taken on board and they're, they're coming up to me and they're sharing things that, that are very scary to hear for someone who's twelve. Mm. But I would I would have been saying the exact same thing when I was twelve. And it's obviously not with selective schools, but it's just showing us that there's an issue that needs to be tackled head on and be tackled, not just watched. And like, you don't get rid of the elephant in the room at that point, you that first. Mm. So you need to address it. You need to stop tiptoeing around the issue. Mm. No, 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 no. I can get lost on a tangent here. But (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. Oh, I mean, because I mean, you've experienced it, haven't you? Mm. And I think it's, so it's relatable to you. You know what they're going through. Mm. And you can imagine if you could pull them out before it gets too deep or too dark. It's like, if you could save one life just through a talk or through raising awareness or a workshop or whatever it is, then isn't everything you've done worth it? It's exactly right. And that's a mindset I kind of have as well. It's like, if you can, it doesn't have to be save a life, but if you can impact one person to, to make a decision or make a change so they do this or whatever it is. And it's not, it's... It's relatively easy to impact one person with the social media and the reach we have. Yeah. I think, you know, we have so much potential to impact people, and that's why it's so exciting. It is, it is, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think it's an exciting time. So exciting. It is, it is. I th- and we are talking about perspective before, weren't we? Yeah. Going into these selective schools has often given you quite a big perspective, because you hear these horrible things that people have gone through, and you're like, wow, I'm lucky. Like, I'm so grateful for what I've been given. Mm. I think about that in human history as well. If you look at human history, we were born 100 years ago. We would have been born in 1920. We would have been 18 for World War Two. Yeah. We probably, probably would have died in World War Two. Before that, we probably would have worked in a factory. Mm. Or, you know, they had pretty much the two really only options. Life wasn't that good. This was only 100 years ago. Mm. Go back even further. We're living better lives than kings and queens. Yeah, mental health has been higher. Mm. And obviously, I think there are factors in, like, we know what mental health is now, so therefore more people are being diagnosed, and it's, it's very hard to tell. Yeah. But just from the conversations I, I'm having with people... This generation is not that happy. No. And I feel like also it's how we talk about mental health, mm. too. Now, the thing is, you say the words mental health, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Depression. Yes. Anxiety. Bipolar. Mental illness is what mental I mean. Mental illness. Yeah, yeah, uh, Right? All these things. All these quote-unquote negative words. And I... What if when we thought of mental health, mm. we thought of growth, yeah. empowerment, yeah. change, progress? What if we thought of that and success even? What if we were to, able to, to change the stigma around it? So how do we do that? Well, what if there's a campaign where we, you know, we have, and things, we have to address the issues. It goes, it goes without saying, issues need to be addressed. But what if the focus is on the empowerment and the hope to change and that there is another side to all this. Mm. What if that was the focus, not that, you know, one in four Australian students are going to be depressed yeah. and, or anxious? That's what it is, isn't it? That's what you see. One in three, one in three males have suicide thoughts or something. It's always the negative. It's all we hear. Yeah. yeah. That's what the news, and that's what social media accounts promote, the negative, for some reason. Sure, they still show positive stories, but the key, the core message is usually that one in three males, or whatever the stat is, 
and uh, that's such a great point. Switching the frame. So when we think mental health, we don't think depression, mm. you know, anxiety, stressed, all that sort of stuff. We think empowerment or clarity, mm. whatever the words are. Flip the way we yeah. see it. It's so powerful. I, I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it starts with obviously big organisations promoting it. If if we can government support as well, it, and the, it's 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 hard. It's harder to focus on on the empowering. It's easier to just dwell on the negative. Yeah. But I think that it's 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 there's definitely a push that's going to need to happen. And I think if we want to see progress, like government is great, but if you look at change, it's not been done by one person. That's exactly right. The Martin Luther King sort of thing. It wasn't the government who did that. It was one person with a dream and, I, and a powerful story and a message. I agree. I and agree. that's throughout human history. It's only like one leader who stands up he's kind of like the underdog sort of story thing mm. and and that's where it's like that's why for me tiktok's been so great because i'm kind of i'm talking to them on the platform they're on it's not mm. some government it's not some business mm. it's just me bringing on people and like talking to people and so that's why i think a lot of people are really enjoying it i don't yeah, bring yeah. on massive ceos i sometimes do but that's not i don't bring on the highest performing athletes in the world i just bring on everyday people like yourself mm. who are doing cool stuff mm. and that's why that's why i love you know that's why i enjoy doing this because that's where I feel like we learn the most because you're only five or six steps ahead of us versus a CEO who's a thousand steps ahead of us and kind of unattainable mm. whereas someone like you who's young and he's gone through what you've gone through that's where I think it's really powerful mm, yeah I suppose the relatability yeah so to speak. yeah, yeah 100% yeah. and just on that last note though, it's just like the, they were talking about I just want to bring up uh, uh, like this is a competitor Martin Luther King story, but just last year, I just want to share a quick story. Yeah, just here. I was at a I was at a conference, so I got flown to Brisbane to speak at two conferences. First one was the Peer Worker Conference. It was great, um, really really high energy, really positive. It was good stuff, and the stuff they were talking about was really proactive. And I, I quite quite enjoyed it. Then the second conference on the last day, I was in Brisbane. It's called the Queens Queensland Leading Reform Summit. Now there's 300 people or so in a room. All were like big company CEOs, people heads of HR, uh, Queensland Mental Health Commission, and people from Parliament as well within in this room. And I'm thinking, wow, there's some big names in here. And I was on a panel at the end of that day, uh, and I love being the last speaker. And I was it's a youth panel, but throughout the day, we're also hearing stuff like depression is a lifelong illness. We aren't able to cure these mental health um, uh, struggles within young people. And all this stuff, and people who experience suicidal thoughts will experience them all their lives, and mm. all, all, all this stuff, but how it's a lifelong illness. And i got to say, this is fire inside of me. It's just burning. And I, and I couldn't wait. At the end of the day, so now it's, it's the panel I'm on, there's three, three other young people, one middle, mid-20 um, Aboriginal Tall Strait Islander, has his own organisation, young 18-year-old female, then a young 18-year-old male trans... Um, who's now a transgender female, mm. and then that was me. Mm-hmm. Two out of the three other people in that panel said the exact same thing, that they're going to live with depression for the rest of their life. They're going to have, like, they're going to be feeling this way. If that's their mindset, they probably are. That's exactly right. And and I was, I, I was there, like, just, like, it just chuffed. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, what? Like, <laughs> what do I say? And I, I, I just went on there, I just said my truth. I said, look, I'm no one out of the ordinary. However, I'm someone who's literally a living proof of the consequences of my actions mm. based on my mental health struggles, yeah. being depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, all this stuff. I'm now 
suffering the consequences, but more so living proof and example of the, that there is another side to it, that there is hope out there, and that we can overcome this. Yeah. Am I still depressed? No. Am I, do I still get upset? Yes. That's human. That's being human. Thank you. Everyone yeah. gets upset. We all have emotion, yeah. right? And I got some dirty looks from some people in the crowd from these organizations. But I people afterwards come out to me and be like, Matt, I, I, think, I, I think it's about time someone said yes, this. Yes, because we don't want to hear the other stuff. No. Like, what is it? What problem does that solve? What exactly is, right. It, all it does is make us feel worse. Exactly it's like right. When, when you're young and people go, oh, these are the best years of your life, you mm-hmm. know, take advantage of them. And if you're not having a good life, you're going to be like, well, crap, is it only just going to get worse from here? It's like, how does that benefit us? We're not going to get out and be like, oh, right, I'm going to go out there and live my best life. Like, that's not how young people act. And that's, that's it. The story I say is my English teacher, for the very first time in like year 11 or year 12, she said, life gets, life gets better as you get older. And I was like, wait, what, really? And she said, you're not going to, priori- you know, you're going to prioritize different things. But that really stuck with me. And I was like, oh, that's great to hear because we just get berated with these messages mm-hmm. that I really don't think benefit us. And that's the same one of those messages. Yeah, yeah. Which is why like, someone like you, like, you can't, how can you argue against what you said? You're literally living proof. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is it? You can't argue it. No, I mean, I mean, and the thing about this, and this is my skepticism, but who is saying all this stuff? Is it people who have lived through it? Mm. Or people who have done X number of years of study? Mm. And nothing, there's nothing to take away from that. Obviously, you've earned that, but I'm sorry, you haven't really experienced it. Yeah. And do you, how do you know? Yeah. How do you know there's not another side to it? Yeah. I don't know. And, and you're, not a, you're not like an exception. I've seen heaps of people who have similar stories. Same. They've Same. gone to absolute bottom of their life, and then they've just come up, and now they're better than ever, and they're running companies, they're making money, they've got a beautiful family, like, whatever it is, they're successful in whatever you deem success, exact same story as you. And I think the biggest thing to realise is is that if you are in that place, we all need a breakdown to break through. Mm. That's the thing. Like, you need to crack a few eggs to make an omelette. Yeah. Right? In order to appreciate the good, you've got to understand the bad. Literally. And it's, um, it's hard to see that when you're in that frame of mind, but... Just knowing that it that it is there, that it is possible, and that mm-hmm. there is another side to it, does help a lot. And what we added in Power You, this program I'm a part mm-hmm. of, they talk about yeah, yeah. The dream, struggle, prize. So you have a dream, and that dream is a prize. Mm-hmm. But an equal proportion to that dream is a struggle. And without the struggle, you're not going to appreciate the prize. No. If you're just given something, you might appreciate it for a day or two, but you, nowhere near as much as someone who had to work their ass off to get that. And that's why so many people who are born into wealthy families often suffer from mental illnesses and they, they don't know what to do with their life. Everything's been given to them. So they don't appreciate it. Yep. I've, I've, I've experienced that. And I, I've spoken at schools, like private schools on the beach where the, you know you wouldn't believe it. You, mm. you, you, you'd drop anything to have an upbringing like this. Yeah. And, I, and I, the students after I run the workshop would come up to me and just share like, how much they're struggling. Yeah. And it, it surprised me, but it doesn't. Because... Mm. Like you said, they've been given everything. They don't know how to handle any adversity. That once anything yeah. comes their way, they um, all their walls get put up yeah. and they shut down because they have no coping strategies. And then the thing is, and that's okay when in school, but when they enter the real world, yeah, they get eaten alive because they go, "Whoa, I can't pick up the skill instantly. I must not be good at it." No, that's normal. Like you just got to keep working at it. Yes, you got to keep working at it, and that's what I'm so grateful. I'm to go to private school. I'm so grateful. Grateful. Look, I didn't have a tough upbringing. I'm very, very privileged. I have, I've had money. We've never had the food on the table. Never struggled to have food on the table and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was often significantly lesser off than a lot of my friends. 
And like, I'm so grateful for that. Like, it's really shaped who I was. And when I look back on my life, I'm like, I appreciate so much now. My my appreciation for money at a young age was so high. I valued five dollars like it was God, yeah. so much money. And ten, twenty. I remember when I it took me six months to get a forty dollar toy with a point system, and my parents would give us points based on chores and how we reacted. Mm. And I hit I hit fifty points, and it was a forty dollar toy. It took me six months, and I was like, <laughs> this is so good. I look back and I go, they could have just bought they could have bought that to, for me easy at any of point. Of course. And they know how much of a struggle it would have been to implement that point system. But now I have such an appreciation of money, mm. and it's stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, by the way, I, 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 just to give a back on that, so rather rather anyone the wrong way. No, it's not private schools, just in in, in general. But um, when someone's being like, I suppose, fed it everything. Cold. Yeah, 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 cold. That, cold. Yeah. And that's a big thing I see with this generation. The pa- these parents are they just they just want they're just kind of cop cop out. Like it's mm-hmm. oh my if my kid's struggling like at these events we run right. It's a two day event. It's two days. Yeah, yeah. Some kid's not having a good time. You know, he calls up his mom and goes, Mom, uh, you know, I'm not having a good time. Back in the day, parents would be like, Suck it up, you're here. You know, it's only two days. Enjoy it. Take it, take the most of it. But these parents are like, Get get off work to come pick up their kid. It's, it's like, it's just bizarre. I think coddling is one of the worst things you can do as a parent um, and not letting your kids experience stuff on their own. You know, you could say you would, with a caterpillar when they get into the cocoon, mm. in order to get out of that cocoon, they have to break free with their new wings. That's it, yeah. If you cut open that cocoon, they're not going to be able to fly because they, they, they haven't developed the strength mm. to break free and therefore they don't have the strength to fly and they'll just die. Yeah. By cutting them open, you're actually doing them a disservice. And that's the same with so many things I see with kids exactly like you're saying. And not all private school kids, just typically, and the wealthier ones. And of course, of course, yeah. I know some amazing kids who have, who have dads who are incredibly wealthy. Like, I didn't even know. I met this mm. kid, he's one of my best mates. His dad's worth, you know, a lot of money. I won't say how much, he's worth a lot of money. Yeah. I know he's the most humble, genuine, amazing guy I've ever met. And that's a great father. Yeah. I, I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah. And I see sometimes when I work with people one-on-one, too, like I, um, I, oh, you, you can tell when, like, some, and it's bad to say it, but it's the truth. It's the parenting has contributed to the lack of strategies mm. in, in terms of, like, dealing with mental health, coping, and being resilient. But, um, oh, yeah, it's it's so apparent. And like you said, like how parents have sort of changed, like these days compared to how it was, mm. I can see that. It's because it's so easy, technology. They say that the is. iPad is a new pacifier. How many times do you go to a restaurant and there's some kid playing on an iPad? Oh, God, yeah. My dad had, had like a similar like, sort of structure, but he made me do math questions, right? So he'd give me 20 math questions, and if I got them all right, then I got an hour. Mm. But if I got one wrong, half an hour. Two wrong, 15 minutes. I just kept coughing. Mm. Basically, if I got any more than one wrong. There's no point. <laughs> there's no yeah. point. <laughs> so I got I'm damn good at learning how to add, subtract, multiply, divide, and kindy. So I got damn good at that. Yeah. But um, And how much easier is it for him to just say, go on a PlayStation, go play? Of course. It's less work for him. And he has to put up with my whinging. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, no, no, no. He just be like, oh, piss off. Like, go. It's so play. easy. Throwing the iPad in the face is so easy. Mm. but it's so harm and I think when we haven't even seen the ramifications I don't think no I think in the next 10 years we're going to see the serious ramifications of kids who have grown up from you know 6 years old to 18 years old with you know touch screens yeah I found him come out until I was like 10 years old so mm. you know we'd snake and like oh yeah he yeah, yeah, yeah. had maybe Game Boy or something or Nintendo Switch or something um, so yeah it's, it's going to be interesting mm. it's worrying worrying yeah okay. yeah 
I, I, I'm mixed up with how I feel about that. It's worrying, but it's also like because everything seems to be going down this way. Mm. It, it, it's, it's like there's no escaping it. Yeah, it's not. It's, right. it's not get rid of the iPad. It's maintaining, as we said, we've got an hour a day. Yeah. It's maintaining your relationship with it. I think maintaining your relationship with life. Yeah. Right? Being able to still like, communicate. Mm. Right. Like, it's something that's so lost. Yeah. Um, being able to spend time with people. I mean, because spending time with people now is both us pulling out our phones yeah. uh, and eating lunch while we're on our phones, mm. right? Yeah, we have, um, we've come to some events and it's like, you, you pull out your phone, you got to buy the whole group around drinks. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's great. And, like, and, and when you've got people around you who are okay to do that, that's fun. And yeah. That's what we're yeah. talking about. Like, you, just, you just listed off before, that, you know, your people in your life, even a random guy at a train. Hmm. Like who have impacted your life, and they're all through people. Like relationships is probably one of the most important things in life. I think we should be learning more about um, emotional intelligence and relationships at school. How to yeah. manage relationships, how to, how to foster and create new relationships, not just with your parents and those closest with you and and romantic relationships, but just with anyone you come across. Mm. How do we follow up with them? You know, yeah. all, all that kind of simple stuff, which has been so beneficial for me in terms of meeting people, and I had to figure it out. Mm. And that's why I tried to bring these strategies onto the podcast and bring people like you on. Mm. So, how, yeah, yeah, because I mean that's that's whole the conversation that we could go into. It's like how how did you learn that? But um, I think um, how do I say it? It's just I'm I'm so I'm I'm I'm, I'm in a place right now where I'm I'm so like excited in terms of youth mental health, mm. but also still somewhat fearful at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And um, with everything that's progressing, I see a lot of good, but I also see like, a, a lot of bad at the same time. Mm. And I think the right amount of awareness and exposure around these topics is going to be really key in the next Absolutely. few years. Yeah. And so what else do you talk about? Obviously, we just went on a bit of mental health, mental illness tangent. Yeah. Um, what are the, you know, what other strategies do you teach? Do you just tell stories? You mentioned a few other stuff before. But like, what do you think... You know, we should be learning at school. What are you teaching these kids? Yeah, so another thing that I, I, I bring in, in terms of supporting yourself, is self-awareness. Learning about any topic will do you good, but learning about yourself mm. learn, will teach you how to live your life, best life, I believe. Yeah. So if I were to be aware of ourselves, so, and the thing is, when I go to schools, I implement something very, like, very small to start with, right? How do you spend your energy throughout your day? How do you recharge your energy throughout the day? Being aware of, of, of these things, you know, you use your energy and give you energy as well. Because we can go to these things, right? Like they give us energy when we are feeling like a, a three out of ten, for example, right? And um, that way, like we said earlier on, we're able to support other people in our lives a lot better. Like let's say this is filled up to, like, I don't know, three out of so call it three out of ten, right? Mm. I'm only able to fill your glass up to a three or below. Mm. I'm not able to fill you up to a, an eight. Mm. It's like with anyone else. If our energy gets low, we go to these things that recharge us <coughs> so we can support other people mm. more wholeheartedly. And it's like introverted, introverted and extroverted. Mm. It's like, where do you get your energy from? If you can figure out, oh, I get energy when I sit by myself alone. Okay, great. So when you're tired, you need to go, like, you know, just recharge by sitting by yourself. Or do I get energy when I'm around people? Mm. And so, yeah, great. Well, you surround, surround yourself with some people, and that's going to boost up your energy overall. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I don't think anyone's purely extroverted and purely introverted. No. It's Figuring out self-awareness. Mm. With how, with how far down the scale are you? 
you know, yeah. I'm very extroverted, but I still, you know, I was just away for like four days, and I was like, man, I just need to sit by myself. I just want to put some music on and just go to sleep mm. and like have some t- have a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sleeping on couches for four or five days, always surrounded by people, which I love, but you still need to recharge, right? Yeah, yeah. And when it comes to self awareness, and this, the cool part is that people learn. I'm not like everyone else. Yeah. Right? And they start to accept themselves a little bit better, a little bit more. And and when it comes to certain schools as well, I go into self-awareness to a little bit next level as well. I even provide some strategies to people individually if they um, choose to ask some more personal stuff um, or my coaching clients and all that stuff. Yeah, so I, that's definitely something that I... And I'm actually going to do a, a webinar mm. sometime very soon. On self-awareness? On self, and more on self-awareness, yeah. It's yeah, cool, yeah. man. And, like, I love how practical that was. You just said, like, where do you get energy from? If you can understand that. I've seen other tips are, um, when do you work best? Like, are mm. you a morning per- person or a night person? That's really valuable. If you know yeah. you're a morning person, go to sleep early and wake up early and start working. If you know you're a night person, you know, save your most important stuff for 9 o'clock mm. to 12 o'clock. I know people are like that. I'm a morning person. I can't. Past, yeah. past 8 or 9, I, my brain just switches off in terms of work. I can't do stuff. But in the morning, that's when I'm at my best. Mm. You know, there's, there's lots of stuff out there like Myers-Briggs tests and yeah, there's yeah, lots yeah, of yeah. breakdowns. But another example for me, and this is just through, once again, self-awareness of what I'm good at, is I'm good at big picture stuff, coming mm. up with ideas, creativity, but I'm not good at details and implementing mm. that to a detailed level. So when I hire someone, I want something detailed because yeah. they can bring it in. We were just talking before off camera that you, you would contract the, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you read it and you're like oh, I understand this and then you got a lawyer to read it and you're like oh I had no idea what it was about <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the same like I could read a contract 10 times and I'd probably miss so many things yeah like, yeah, yeah. I'll never yeah, I'll always pay someone to do that because I know I'll make a mistake because I'm mm. not detail oriented and I've only had that self awareness over the past year and I was like I thought I was just lazy mm. I was I just you know I made spelling mistakes I was lazy now I go oh actually yeah, I'm just really not good at that and so mm. once you, now I've got that self-awareness, I can outsource that and give it to someone who is detail-orientated. Kind of like yin and yang sort of thing. Like yeah, yeah. Finding someone who counters your weaknesses so you can focus on your strengths. Yeah, that's it, that's it. And I believe if we're able to be more aware of ourselves, we're able to be more aware of others, others at the same time. And because by learning about ourselves, like we pick up little patterns that we have and we might even see it in other people. And we can see who we, I suppose, we connect best with as well. Mm. It's, it's such a key, key, key thing, self-awareness. Because by being aware of yourself, you then are able to see, okay, what might need work, what might I need to put more time into. Mm. Or, um, yeah, so without it, it's, it, it's, it's hard. It's almost like a I video game. Like, like if you, got a, you know when you have a character in a video game and you can upgrade their skills? Yeah. And you can focus on which one. So if, you, if you've got a high level of self-awareness, you can kind of go, okay, well... I, love, I get my energy when I'm around people, and right now I'm not around too many people. Let's put a little time in trying to figure out how I can make new friends and how I can surround myself with new people. Mm. Or whatever it is. That's just yeah. an example. Yeah, but what's that, what's that going to do for your quality of life? Yeah. Right? And, and, that, and that, that example was me personally. So the yeah, past six yeah, months yeah. I've met so many people in my life. My, my attitude, everything's gone up. The podcast is getting more downloads. People enjoying the show more. Mm. And that's reflected because I'm in a more positive state, I think. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and that was... For me, a big one was I'm meeting cool people. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and so if you can yeah, figure yeah. out your self-awareness, I think it's so crucial. And it's hard to do, right? We're not sitting here saying it's very easy. but No, no, it, 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 it helps taking like, guidance, though. Because mm. the thing is, we can be in, in the game. We're, we're literally living our game, right? 
but we're not aware of what everything else looks like, what the world looks like. Yeah, yeah. It takes a player, yeah, so yeah. a third person, to, to who's like who can look at you and be like, okay, all right, you need to work on X, X mm. Y, Z, and all that jazz. And um, that's why I, 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 I think coaching is something that people need to be a little bit more open to. Yeah. Not just with me, obviously, but with anyone. And the thing is, I get coached because I need someone, you know, looking over my shoulder. Mm. Like, I and have, I have three coaches. Fun. I have three coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two yeah, of them yeah. I, I only recently just got. And in like, I, different different aspects. Each coach mm. is different. Aspects. Of course, of course, yes. Yeah, it, I do think it needs to be more normalised. Mm. Like, it's so valuable. It doesn't have to be like a, like a paid coach, whatever. Just having a friend yeah. there, just, just call, calling you out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Calling you out, helping you stay on track and be aware of like certain things. Asking someone, hey, do you want to look over? Like, can I do this, 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 or yeah. whatever? I, I think it goes such a long way. Yeah. Because we learn about ourselves, we learn what we can do differently, how we can help others to a greater degree. Mm. There's many things we can be aware of. And Hugh Jackman has a coach. Fun. Hugh Jackman has a coach. Yeah, for his life, that he, he keeps on on track and accountable, and mm. what he's like a list celebrity, yeah, one high high very high performing man, like he's kind of achieved what most people consider very high levels of success, and he's still got a coach. Like there's there's no yeah. point where you just magically go, okay, I no longer need a coach. No, like everyone needs one. Everyone can improve. Yes, their quality of life. Yeah, or, or what they're doing, or like I don't care who you are. Yeah, so. Because quite often we we how I say it convince ourselves of our of our own like, lies, mm. right? Like we'll say that's oh it, it's good that we do X Y Z, oh you know I, I should do this. Even though deep down you know you, you shouldn't, you've got a bad feeling about it, but you convince yourself of a lie that it's good to do, and even just having someone calling you out that yeah would be I I, I believe a great benefit to everyone, and it doesn't have to be two ways like a podcast if you listen to someone on a podcast they, they can be your coach that's the cool thing about technology today yeah. you can get access to some of the smartest people in the world mm. you can listen to like most I mean half the celebrities have a podcast now right mm. so there's a celebrity you admire you can go listen, like Russell Brand has a podcast if you're yeah. like a Russell Brand fan you can go he can be a mentor he can be a coach just through the podcast and obviously and that's a free way of doing it so if you have no money yeah. I really don't think there's too many excuses Soak up podcasts, soak up YouTube videos, soak up books. every yeah, books. books are 20 bucks or something. Literally, yeah. And the thing is, they don't need to be coaching you one-on-one. They just need to be like, saying the right things to get you to yeah. think, oh, am I doing this? Yeah. This Is this me? Is this, yeah, right? Now, is coaching one-on-one great? I think so, yes. Yeah, of course. But if you've got no money, which most of my listeners do because we're, you know, young and you don't have much money and you very very few people will invest in coaching I will say this yeah so if you do you're you're so far ahead very very few people even listen to podcasts if you listen to podcasts you're already far ahead Mm. but if you can invest in coaching and like mentorship or something to help improve you like I think one of the best investments you can make is yourself yeah that's the hands down the best investment you'll ever make is Mm. yourself because like we said earlier to help yourself you're helping others yeah Right, and we we all have that need to contribute. Mm. And if you ever can contribute to yourself a lot more, you can put out more for other people. Mm. That's I mentioned it before. I won't go into details, but mm. the way we call a thousand doors, which is a strategy I use to meet people, it's just basically yeah. behind one door could be a thousand doors. Oh, yeah, so when you meet course. someone, you're not you know who knows who you're gonna, who you're gonna meet off the back of it. Mm. So I might we might have a relationship here. I know we might do some stuff in the future. There could, I think there could be a thousand dollars behind this relationship. Absolutely, term. yeah. And that's not exaggerating. 
no, and no, so, yeah, I, and, I definitely see that. And so if I come to you and you said, no, I don't want to come on the podcast, you're not just saying no to me. You might be saying no to thousands of potential opportunities behind yeah. it. And vice versa, if I didn't invite you on the podcast. If I didn't just walk up and say, hey, man, introduce myself, mm. I might be missing out on something, right? And so that, and that's, that's the whole strategy that we use for meeting people. And it's just, it's, it's just crucial. I think by having, gotcha. having stuff like that, and I didn't know about that when I was younger. There was no thousands. I didn't. Ha- I just kind of started doing it. Yeah, yeah. And so by having a coach or mentor who could have taught me something like that, you know, that's so valuable. You could save so much time. God, yeah, God, yeah. I think a, a one key lesson, though, in, in all that, the one when you just shared of, of like of one door being a potential thousand doors, mm. is the the power of the word yes, mm. and just. When things pop up and arise, yeah. they're in alignment with you, but maybe they're too, maybe it's a little bit out of your comfort zone or whatever. No, it's just saying yes, yeah. because you don't know where, where that'll ever take you. Yeah. And I, I look back at my life. Had I not said yes to that one opportunity to speak, God knows where my That's life would be. I have, I have so many of those as well. The, had I not, oh God, had I not approached this woman at an event because I approached her and said, hey, you do videos? I do videos as well. We should connect. We connected. And then she introduced me to someone, introduced me to someone, bang, 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 and now I'm here. And now I've got this massive opportunity. And I look back and I go, all it took was for me to easily sit, sit in my comfort zone and not go up and approach her and say hello. Yeah. Because in, this was a business event. Like we, It was very easy to, easy to say hello to her because I was in the same industry. Mm. But it was, very, it was even easier to sit there and just pack up and go home. Exactly right. And that's where, you know, that's where the growth happens, outside of the comfort zone. Yeah. And these little steps, yeah. Just these little steps, they they stack up mm. and they add up, and then, yeah, the rewards are yeah and awesome. I uh, know Jim Carrey's movie Yes Man, right? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The yeah. movie is basically he's he's depressed, he's a bit of a loser, he's a cynic, he's a, just a bad, a crappy person. Mm. And then his mate says, "Have you heard this guy? He talks about you know saying yes to everything." And so the whole movie, basically, he has to literally say yes to everything. Mm. And it's a comedy. You know, a woman comes up and he kind of flirts with him and he's not attracted to her and he has to say yes. <laughs> and so there's a lot of funny scenes in it. But the point is, it, it's kind of how I live my life. Like, I say yes to everything to the point where it can be a bit of a detriment. I will say that. Yeah. I say yes to things I shouldn't say yes to. I take on too many things at once and I go, oh, and now I'm going to disappoint. Mm. Um, but that's kind of been a great way for me. Like, I say yes to everything. Every opportunity. Mm. Like, and it's crazy. I've... I will hand people opportunities. I'll sil- serve them up to them on a silver platter. I'll be like, you should come to this because I know you're about to meet this person. And they'll just say no. Or they'll make up some excuse like, oh, I've got an assignment due. When's it due? Oh, three days. So why do you, are you, you going to be working on it for three hours tonight? I mean, it's only it's a three-hour dinner. You can still come. They'll just make up excuses. And it's like, of course. This, if you can start saying yes once again, you just stick out. You're going to be, especially if you're young. If you're young, oh, my God. People want to help young people. That's it. That's it. Because young people are hardest to reach, but if you say yes and if you make yourself available, mm. what's what's next for you? Yeah, is I think a really key question. God, I, I yeah, I just love talking about that because the the word yes unlocks another level to life. I think, mm. and I, I mean when I say that, it's how, how I say it, it allows possibility, mm. and that possibility. Well, you know, life is just stale. Well, do you know why? Because opportunity lies in uncertainty. Exactly right. And by we'll saying yes to right. things, it's uncertain. Mm-hmm. You don't, and you don't know what's going to happen. You, know, they might, you might meet someone and there'll be no doors behind them. Most yeah. people you meet will probably have no doors behind them. Mm-hmm. But we, all it takes is one. Right? Exactly right. And you never know when that one person's, exactly. where, where that one person's like sitting. 
right? And yeah, just that, that's why I, and I'm very grateful my dad told me this never dismiss someone. Mm. Or if someone gives you the, like, the time of day, like, the respect of their attention, you give it right back. Mm. And that is, I'm, I suppose, opened up thousands and thousands of doors for me because some person might approach me, but I'll actually give them the time of day and talk to them. And that was a conversation that will lead to a, a fruitful relationship that mm. God knows <laughs> where that came from because I just, I just, yeah, spoke to that one person. Yeah. And then it's funny, you said this earlier on the show, I almost brought up a thousand tours before, I bring it up every episode, people are probably sick of me saying it. <laughs> I'm actually going to do a whole episode on it for anyone listening, like I've got a, 40, I've got a one hour presentation on that one concept alone, but what we say is the fastest way to open doors for yourself is to open doors for other people. Yes. So by you, if you start reaching out and start opening, how do I give these people opportunities? How do I link them with someone? And how do you open doors for other people? An easy way is just to connect them with someone. If you say, oh, man, you should meet this guy. Yeah. And off that, if they have a strong relationship off that, you're now going to want to open doors for me back. Mm. Right? And it's just a beautiful way of living life. There's, no, there's no money involved. It's just helping each other out. There's nothing, like, nothing but pure intent. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's, right? Yeah, exactly. It's pure intent, pure curiosity. Yeah. Like wanting to genuinely help someone. Not because they can help you back in the future. They might. They might not. You just genu- genuinely want to help them. Mm. That's it. That's it. And what comes out of that is nothing but gratitude and love, right? So it's, it strengthens everything up. Mm. I, th- I think we all, we, all, we all want to contribute and give. And when we're able, and we're able to do that in a manner which we love. Then mm. It's one of the six human needs, contribution. That's it. You know, if you haven't looked into the six human needs, do you know them? Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I don't know all of them off by heart. There's like three, five, six of them, right? Six, and yeah. And I know three or four of them. Is it contribution, significance? What are the other ones? So growth is the other one, like spiritual one, I think it is. Yeah. So growth, contribution, significance, variety, certainty, and um, love and connection. Yeah. So if you've got all six of those things, you're so far ahead, and you're probably going to have a good life. And this is what we're talking about off camera. Like right now, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're saying, you and I are both in the, the world of helping young people, yes. specifically young people. That's our niche. Yeah. How we, we, I do it through podcasts, you do it through speaking and, and coaching and stuff. Yeah. I'm looking to get into coaching and speaking as well. I think you're looking to get into social media and stuff. So we're doing it through different avenues, right? But there is no there is no business advantage to having young people as your niche. Mm-mm. They've got no money. And when you sell to them, you don't have to, you've got to convince them and their parents. You've got to double the amount of selling. And even then, even when you convince the parents, they often don't have that much money money either. It's just there is no benefit besides the fact that it it's contribution, it's significance, it's variety, it's those six human needs. Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, it, it, I suppose really it just comes this massive overwhelming feeling of fulfillment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's why I keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, that, and yeah, if you can get that in your life, I think you're doing so well. And if somebody says, I feel like I get, uh, at the beginning of every episode, I encourage people to DM me on Instagram. And if you're listening right now, DM me on Instagram, DM that, I'm sure you'll enjoy that. And, um, I don't say I just say that because it helps me keep going. Mm. Because those DMs, whenever I see them, I'm like, okay, great, this is helping people. Whenever people DM me, I'm like, oh, okay, it just it's just reminders that what I'm doing is helping people. God, yeah. And that makes it so much easier, so much easier. Because I don't make any money off the show yet. It makes it so much easier for me to keep putting, you know, 40, 50 hours a week into something where I make mm. no monetary return because I know that I'm impacting people. And so I almost say it for an ego reason. I just want people to DM me so I feel better <laughs> <laughs> if we can DM. But I also love chatting with people and getting on the phone and like meeting them. So, um, mm. 
Yeah, six human needs is something I almost should do an entire episode on, but I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose looking at, because we make our decisions based on pain versus pleasure, right? Yes. But every decision we make is going to fulfill one of our needs. Every decision we make. Whether it be um, speaking at a school or, I don't know, meeting up with a friend or even going out for a drink or whatever. Mm. All of these are going to meet one, one of our, at least one of our human needs. And if we have bad habits, just being aware, what what, what are we trying to feed? Mm. What, what racket are we running for ourselves? Okay, how can I fulfill these needs in a fulfilling way? Mm. Uh, so take a, a different approach that's, I suppose, more personal and yeah. Like, yeah, fulfilling. And that comes back to self-awareness. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah. it's difficult to explain self-awareness, I feel like. It's a broad topic. It's a big topic. It's so broad. It's so big. But I just think by being self-aware of being self-aware, mm-hmm. right? So now you've heard this conversation about self-awareness. Now you just just start analyzing how you behave. Maybe like I do it I'll, if I'm in an argument or something, I'll be like, what could I have done better then? Mm-hmm. What could I have said that would have avoided that happening? Or in the podcast interview, I was like, what could I have said that would have improved that conversation? Or when I listen back to my episodes and I hear myself going, you know, you know, you know. Or a little tick or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How can I get rid of that? That will improve how I present or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. analyzing yourself throughout. And the great thing is, like with video, is very powerful. You know, presenting. You want to film yourself and like what mm-hmm. you do. Or and same with, that's why I film the podcast. It's great for me. I can go back and watch it and stuff. And so, I think it's just, even little stuff like that. Knowing when you're at your best energy, understanding. You know, so many so many different parts of your life. It'll make you such a better person. Yeah, and and when you go in a job interview, you have your strength and your weaknesses so clearly laid out. Mm. It'll blow their mind. They'll be God, like, yeah. if you can go in and be like, I'm great at this, I'm bad at this. They'll go, well, let's put him here, because that means yeah. he's going to work really well with with Anne because she's good at that. Mm. Have you, have you read Principles? Oh, it's a big book. Yeah, I, 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 only got three, I only got three quarters to it. You know, so I got bored of it. But Ray Dalio wrote the book yeah, Principles. Yeah, yeah. Um, he talks about how he uses kind of self awareness, and he he had baseball cards for his team. He created baseball cards with stats about what they're good at and strong mm. at and like bad at. And then people had these baseball cards and it sounds really weird, right? Mm. But it worked. And people had these baseball card cards and whenever they had a problem, they'd be like, all right, so this person's good at this. She's empathetic. Let's go, maybe I'll approach her in this way or maybe I'll bring her into the room because she's going to bring that empathy or whatever. Mm. And like, that's a super, super interesting concept. Yeah. I think the biggest thing on self awareness though is that when do people actually take the time out for themselves yeah. to reflect to mm. look like, for example, the podcast, you can be like, oh, how do I get rid of this tick? Mm. Uh, oh, I keep saying, you know, or yeah, yeah, and all these words. How can I fix that? And, and I do the same thing. I film every workshop I run. Mm. look back on that. All right, how can I change this? How can mm. I improve it? One thing I think that needs to be more like, just out there and more promoted is taking or self-care. Self-care and self, and when I say self-awareness, taking time to actually reflect and Look at okay. Mm. This is what I can improve on. This is what's currently working. This is yeah. what um, I like. So maybe what I don't like. This is what I want to improve upon. All that stuff. I think a very key key slot of time to sit with yourself and actually start doing because yeah. it's it's not really taught to do. No, and it's kind of almost like people get weird about like if you have a journal. Like I, so I started journaling a few months ago, and yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just reflecting. So you know, that's, that's what how I journal. I just reflect on the day before, mm-hmm. or when I had this, you know, this weekend event. The, the next door, I reflected on the event. And I wrote down all my thoughts. How did it go? What did I do good? What did I do bad? What did they do good? Who did I meet? Like, and I yeah. just reflected because my memory's so bad. I can't even remember what I did last week. So by writing it down, it solidifies it a bit, and then yeah, it gives yeah. you reference to go back in and have a look at. 
That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I think journaling is a great way to look at. I know people do gratitude diaries as well. Yeah, there, there many ways to go about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's very easy ways to start reflecting. I'll do videos. Hmm. If I finish something and I'm driving home, I'll just chuck on the camera, I'll hit record, and I'll just say my initial thought. I'm like, here's my reflection for what just happened. Yeah. Or yeah. how this went. That sort of stuff. So mm. I, I love that point. Sorry to cut in, but I love the point of reflection because I wanted to hammer that home because I think, and it's so easy to do, it's so tangible, just start journaling. Oh, God, yeah. Anyone can start doing it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be every day. Just whenever you find time. Try being consistent, at least once a week. Mm. Or journal. I, I try journal most days. I probably do three, four times a week. Mm. And I, I do it on my iPad. I use an app. I really love it. I think, and I don't know if it's just, if it's, if it's just me. I, I think there's somewhat something just special when pen hits paper or oh, like no, when you physically write it. I write stuff as well. Even if you're writing it on a tablet, as long as you're writing it, I think it's something special that comes out because it comes like your word yeah. rather than typing it. I feel like we live in a society where everything's online, everything's mm. social media, that, you know, I can say one thing and, and not do it. But, and I can just delete the post. Yeah. I, I, I never said anything. People have lost their integrity, I think. Yeah. And so people don't own their word as much. By writing it down, pen it's paper, that's like your word now. And there's psychology behind it. By there is, there writing, is a lot. Because, yeah. sorry, when I say my iPad, I use a pen on the iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, it's, yeah. it's still the movement. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot easier for me. Um, but, yeah, there's psychology that actually handwriting goes in your brain. You, you learn it better. Mm, yeah. I don't know the science planet. I just, I've seen a few articles on stuff. And my mum's always talking about how important it is to like, write. You write versus type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. we type everything now. That's it. Yeah, because it's, it's easy, it's convenient, it's yeah. quick or whatever. Yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah, no, it's just so good. Um, before we wrap up, I do have a final question, but before we get to the final question, I want to ask, are there any key things you wanted to get across? Are there any key messages you do in your presentations that you'd love to kind of share with the audience? I think just the overarching like theme of what I do and and... It's not theme. The point that I really want to get across is to follow your heart. Mm. Right? And now that can be interpreted in many different ways. But everything, that's just those three words, follow your heart. So it can be with what's most fulfilling, what you love to do. Okay? It can be a gut, intuitive response to something, right? Uh, let's say you, you feel a bit uneasy because something's, or your friends are doing something. Okay, maybe you shouldn't do that. Mm. Follow your heart there. Follow your heart with what feels right. So obviously, you make certain decisions. You can um, choose to spend time with certain people. You I was can, about to say, follow your heart with who you want to date. Yeah. Like, other, how many people are in toxic relationships? And they deep down, they know it. They just mm. enjoy... And friendships too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, right. 100%. <laughs> because, oh, they're cool. Yeah. They're popular. I they get a lot of girls. I, I feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It raises my status. Mm. I get more likes on Facebook. Yeah. But really, my heart's telling me these aren't the people I want to be around. Yeah, yeah. I think it's such such a, such a key thing to get across. Mm. But that when you, because the thing is, I'm unlocking like layers to this within myself each and every day. And the more I see it unfold, the more prof- I suppose the more profound and more special my day to day life becomes to me. And it's fulfilling. And yeah. I love that. And imagine by the time you're 35, 40, you've been doing it for 20 years. That's it. Like you, you know yourself so well, it'll be so mm. powerful. So that, and that's one, once again, advantage of being young. Gotcha. If you can get on this now, you're going to There's no young. time like now. Yeah. I don't care what age you are. Yeah. I don't care if you're, if you're 16 or you're 61. Like, there's no time like now. You're not, you're not getting any younger. Yeah. And there's, it's, it's, 
better to break your pattern now than break it when it's more solidified mm. five, 10, 15 years down the line mm. and then decide to do it. No, God, yeah. no. And the best, the best time to start investing was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, yes. yeah, you can dwell on, I should have done it this, I should have done this. Like, you just got to start now. Because in, in five years, you're going to be like, oh, I should have started investing five years ago. Right? And it's like, I had the thought, but you didn't do it. That's but, it, that's it. Anyways, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. My final question is, um, what's your number one piece of advice for young people? But I think you just answered it with the heart. <laughs> yeah, follow your heart. And, um, yeah, I'll say that's... Because that, that, those three words turn my turn my life around. Mm. They really turn my life around. And, those um, three words? Follow your heart. Yeah, follow your heart. Yeah, and the word yes. Yeah, that's a great one as well. The word yes. Just start taking opportunities. Start opening doors. Say yes to things. Even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. That's it. And it will, no, it will make you feel uncomfortable. If something, if something new is something you haven't done before, yeah, expect it to be yeah. uncomfortable. But, and, and, but never have an expectation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just spoke about this with Luke, my good mate, uh, yeah. who was a travel vlogger, and he does a lot of traveling. And he's like, I have no expectations when I go somewhere. There are people who go to India and have all these expectations, and then they don't meet them, they meet them and then they have a bad trip. Mm-hmm. If I have no expectations, all my trips are amazing. Exactly. I've... I've, the bar's so low for myself. There's literally nothing to expect. So anything you have, anything you experience is something to be grateful for. Yeah. Right? It, you complete appreciation for whatever you whatever comes about. Great and example. If you, if you have expectations to crack 100 likes on in Instagram photo and you don't, you're going to be disappointed. How sad is that? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? And let's say you get 80. That's 20 people who didn't like your photo. The 20 people you don't even care about. Mm. And I know that. I, I say that because I know 100 was a kind of like a benchmark in like in high school on Instagram. If they, yeah. got, if they got triple figures, it's like that high status sort of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Who cares? You know, like, and that's why I do like how Instagram removed likes. Mm. Like you just like it. Just means there's no ego wrapped up in it. That's it. I was gonna say it. It, it, it takes out the, the ego mm. of social media. Yeah. Obviously, it is still somewhat there, but. It's still there, and obviously, you know, I'm on TikTok, and that you can see all the likes and everything, mm. and it, it makes me feel good when I have more likes, sure, but that's because I'm putting out content that's tr- I'm trying to benefit people, so when I get more followers and more likes, that means I can reach more people. That's the way I justify yeah, it. Yeah, of head. course, of course. I yeah. still think there's ego involved, for yeah, sure. Yeah, same here, same here, I, and I do the exact same thing, and I try to justify it to myself, but I, I'm aware that there is ego. There's always going to be, anyone who's, you know, doing what we're doing, speaking and stuff, there's always going to be a bit of ego, it's just making sure it's in check, mm. and mm. yeah. I'm all, that's something I'm always working on. Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah. Anyways, man, thank you so much for coming on. And Appreciate for people it, who want to get in touch with you, show you a message, find mm. out more about your speaking, maybe get you to school, yep. or want to get you know, access to your coaching, what's the best place to go? Yeah, my website's mattcaruana.com. Yep. So M-A-T-T-C-A-R-U-A-N-A.com. That's my website. My Instagram is mattshares. And my Facebook's just Matthew Caruana. Yep, and all the links will be below. So, guys, go check them out. And seriously, send us a message. I love when I get messages from people. Send yeah, me a message. Yeah. Send Matt a message. I'm sure he'll have a chat with you. Absolutely. Like, you know, we're very generous at our time. So, anyways, man, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the podcast. The fact that you would sit there and listen to me for so long uh, is awesome, and I love you for that. Thank you so much. Um, just real quick, I am starting to speak at schools a lot more frequently now. So if you're in Australia, specifically Sydney, 
and either you're a student, maybe you're a teacher, or you've got a brother or sister in school, or you have any connections at all and you want me to come speak at a school or any presenting things, um, I am looking to ramp that up a lot. I've got a really cool school talk I've been working on for a few months now. I've just started speaking at a bunch of schools. It's been going really well. Um, so yeah, go to the link in the show notes or go to drivenyoung.com and you'll see school talks up the top and just click on that and send me an email. Um, otherwise, yeah, figure out anywhere to get in contact with me. I've also got the Sexual Assault Podcast, which is now live with Brent Sanders. Um, go check that out. It's called Consent and Consequences. That is a Driven Young Productions podcast. It's something I'm very proud of. So there's lots going on. Um, definitely go check it all out. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and week.